This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. First up today, we're talking about the... The fact that one of the institutions of Penang's rich musical heritage, the Penang House of Music, is set to close its doors. Um, And I think this was received with some amount of sadness uh, by a lot of people who are familiar with it, um, who are familiar with uh, the place it holds in in many ways, the heart of Penang in Komta. So the its founder and musician, Paul Augustine, cited the reason as financial constraints, which snowballed because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Lynn, have you ever... Did you ever visit? I, I did not visit. I knew where it was. I thought about it many times, but I did okay. not actually go. Okay, so I did go, and I must say, it was a delightful space. And I think learning about this history um, is always kind of fascinating because uh, what Penang prides itself on is its cosmopolitan nature. What Malaysia prides itself on is the cosmopolitan nature, and it has come through music. Even our national anthem, very famously, has is a tune that travels around the world, right? I mean, it, from I think from France to somewhere in the Indian Ocean uh, to Malaysia. And so uh, I do think that the story of our music tells um, so much about us uh, that a loss in terms of documentation, archives, any of that sort, any projects of that sort, I think is a great loss to the country. And understandably, um, there were a lot of, there was a lot of response to the announcement um, of the House of Music's impending closure, including a call from Communications Minister Fami Fadil to see what could be done. Um, Fami has said that he's asked the chairperson of My Creative Ventures, which is the government agency in charge of advancing the creative industry, to reach out to Paul. So I think there's clearly been this outcry, there's clearly been this interest. Um, But overall, I I think it's, like you point out, really it's sad in many ways whenever we see that people who have opened creative centres or places to celebrate um, Malaysia's creative industry, when we see those spaces struggle. And, And that happens often. And it shouldn't be that it's only at the point of uh, closure or crisis that we see people mobilised. And yet again, um, this is something we see over and over. Yeah, so your last point about governance really, you know, is is that precisely that, right? Why does it always have to reach a critical stage when something is falling apart uh, or about to shutter that we suddenly, you know, step into action or get into, you know, gear to do something about it? I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know... Whether the reporting was sufficient or whether the concerns or were ignored. I mean, nobody knows that story except because the stakeholders. So we're talking today about the uh, the impending closure of Penang's, uh, the Penang House of Music. We'd like to hear from you if you've visited, uh, what were your experiences, how are you feeling? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we're going to be speaking uh, to its founder and a musician in his own right, Paul Augustine. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Be free-minded, BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. 
It is 5.13 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. We're talking today about the Penang House of Music, which recently announced uh, its impending closure, which prompted a lot of response, a lot of concern. Um, and that's what we're talking about today. We'd like to hear from you if you've visited. Um, what was your experience? How are you feeling about this news? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now uh, to talk about this, we have Paul Augustine, who is a musician and who is also, of course, the founder of Penang House of Music. Paul, welcome to the show. Hi, good evening, Lynn. That's all right. Yes. Hi. Uh, good to speak to you, Paul. So, first of all, um, let's talk about this decision to close down the Penang House of Music. We're aware that um, financial constraints were a significant factor. Can you talk to us about the challenges that you faced um, in trying to keep it open and how the pandemic specifically played a role? Um, actually, there are many factors. It's not just the financial factor, maybe the location uh, and some other issues as well, which are not a liable uh, not, I would like not to state it now at the moment, uh, but uh, it has led. It was a very, very difficult decision. I thought long and hard about it, long and hard about it, and uh, before finally deciding that. Um, and I've spoken about it many times, you know. But at the end of the day, I think that I had to make a decision, and it was not easy. So, hence, I have to say we have to close. You see. Um, what are the decisions? Uh, what led to this is actually quite a long story. So um, I'm not at liberty to say that I do. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that at the moment if it's possible. Yeah, I understand, uh, Paul, that there are some legal issues, uh, you know, uh, happening in the background, and, and so maybe I understand your hesitation. But uh, to help our listeners and ourselves actually understand better what uh, what's going on, uh, just to maybe give us a bit of that history. I mean, we understand that it started in 2016. Um, Reportedly, 10,000 foreign and local visitors annually. Uh, it sounds like, a, you know, something uh, positive was happening. And so how did this go off the rails then? I think when we first started, it was actually not an easy place to manage. And also, uh, uh, but uh, we persevered. And, and I, I have to say the team worked really hard. We had to... We are like in a small place and we're shouting out to the world, hello, we are here, hello, we are here. What are we? So we were trying to explain to people. And uh, uh, slowly it started to move. We held a lot of events. We had like 58 events in, in a year. And you only got 52 weeks. So it was actually practically every weekend we had something up. And uh, this helped to actually uh, draw the crowd in or let people know about it. Um, and also we had, of course, promotions, the stuff. And then uh, we became number one on TripAdvisor. And then CNN wrote a very nice article on us, uh, listing us as number 10 on the top 25 things to do and eat in Malaysia, amazingly. Um, and then I think we had a lot of university students, college students, schools, kindergartens um, coming to visit us. And we were supported at that time by the Penang Water Authority and... Uh, it was really tough going, but we were slowly, slowly getting there. And then I think when pandemic hit, um, that became a, a problem because we could not open for 16 months off and on. We could like, you know, you tell, uh, especially with museums or galleries, you say that you can open maybe three days a week. Um, 
or maybe two days away. And it, it was quite difficult for us at that time. So we still managed to get a lot of traction in terms of we went into other things. We went into um, looking at more of our resource and working with researchers on culture, arts and music. And then when you open, of course, there is the uncertainty of people still wanting to visit. So uh, a push come to shove at the end of the day, we had to decide you know, what's going to happen. And uh, I had to make a decision whether I liked it or not. It was a very, very tough one to do. Paul, actually, before we go on to talk about the responses that you've been getting, I'd like to take us back to uh, when you first started the project to begin with. I, I, I you know, what kind of prompted it? Uh, what were you hoping to achieve with it? Why, why we started it? Actually, it, it all started from the Penang Island Jazz Festival. We used to run that for 14 years. We ran the Penang Island Jazz, an independent jazz festival. And uh, we started the Jimmy Ball Young Talent, Young Talent Jazz Competition. And we realized that a lot of the young people did not know who Jimmy Paul was. And let alone uh, Ahmad Marikan, Zainal Alam, Ahmad Dao, um, Alfonso Suliano. So we started doing uh, personality profiles. We run a, a, a small, like a jazz gallery during the festival. So we put up photographs of these people and information about them. And then um, we were noticed by the state, the next state museum. And they asked us to do an exhibition, which was quite successful in 2010, and then to do one more in 2013. 2010 was only Penang's popular music of the 40s and 50s, which was not that difficult to do because a lot of them are either passed on or forgotten, you know, so, but we got a lot of information on that. And then we did the one on 40s, 50s and 60s. It was for 13 rooms we had to cover and it went, it was quite successful. And when the governor visited it, he said, oh, this has gone, got to be in the book. So then we started, we were asked to write a book. And uh, from there, we did the book and uh, it's 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 gone into the third print. The first print sold out in about two months. But please bear in mind, this was never planned. It was like, you know, everything that happened. And then we said, oh, can you do this? And then we just said, okay, and then we'll do it. And then, okay, we'll do it. And then eventually it led to the information that we got, we collected while doing the book. And they said, what do you want to do with the information? And I actually wanted to put it in a small place because for me, getting the information was really difficult. So I think for the future generation, there was virtually impossible to find information and understand what the information was. So this led to me having a, a conversation with the then CEO of uh, PBA, Prabadana Bakalanaya, uh, uh, Dato Jasni, and, uh, and it eventually spiraled and, and went on to talking to the state and, you know, putting in a proposal. And then eventually the Penang of, of House of Music was developed from a book and it became a house. And the reason why we wanted to do it because we wanted to keep the memories of these people alive, celebrate what they did, and acknowledge their contribution to the state and nation. And that's, that's what we actually wanted to do. Yeah, it's a wonderful history and actually a wonderful book. And, you know, I just want to ask you about what's happened since you made the announcement that uh, the Penang House of Music is likely to close. Uh, I understand that you, there's been an outpouring um, since that. Uh, what, have been, what have people been saying to you? It is actually the 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 response has been 
for me, uh, overwhelming actually. And then it's also very, very nice to, for people to say good things about us. And I've noticed that the response did not only come from musicians or the men on the road, but it came from academics, it came from all over Malaysia and all all people from all walks of life and have come forward and say, you know, you can't close. And it's, I think it's not so much of just the Penang House of Music, but it's something, an institution of research and an institution that actually celebrates all culture, arts and music. And, uh, and it's actually quite overwhelming for me. Um, and then people started uh, petitions and the newspapers caring, celebrating what we have done. I appreciate that a lot, you know. Um, as we navigate this journey, as we go along, hopefully we're trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Um, there is a small, sort of like a small hole, a glimmer of hope, and uh, uh, we're, we're steering towards it, and hopefully it doesn't take us anywhere else. Lah. Now, the Minister of Communications, Fami Fadil, has also reached out to you. Um, can you tell us what he said uh, they would do to help? Have there been any updates on that end? Mm, uh, yeah, uh, the moment, I think the day that we announced, and then uh, the, it was a Monday evening, if I'm not mistaken. And on Tuesday mornings, we got a few calls from people. And that, and then uh, I had a text from uh, YB Fami, and he said that, you know, uh, can I call you? And I, and for a brief moment, and we spoke for briefly. Uh, then he, he he voiced his concern, and he said, you know, we should meet up and talk about it. So uh, I think we have not met yet, but it's going to be soon in, in early March. Um, and what's going to happen from there, I I'm, I really don't know, you know. But we have some plans in mind. Um one of the things that I think that's very important is that there should be a national preservation for culture, arts and music. I think that that is very important. And if once you, you have that, then actually things can just fall into place. I'm very interested to know whether the ministry that actually is uh, kind of doing the oversight in terms of unity or, uh, or culture, arts and heritage, I know this is the ministry that constantly changes its name. I think it's the latest name. Have they reached out? Because it seems that uh, what you do and what the people around this project do is directly related to that ministry. Yeah, you're referring to which ministry? Is MOTEC, it minister, I mean... Uh, MOTEC, uh, Ministry of Tourism, Arts yeah. and Culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, MOTEC, uh, not, not really, but JKKN itself, the Culture, Arts and Heritage uh, people in, in, in JKKN, they, has, they have reached out to me, actually. Uh, because I used to do a bit of work with JKKN in the earlier days when I was in Kuala Lumpur with the KL Music Fest, and I know some of them, and they have reached out and they've voiced concerns, you know. But I, I think whether they are in the position to do anything, I'm I don't know. You see, so because who holds the purse strings, who makes the decisions, I don't know. You see, um, but uh, I hope that uh, this thing will continue and maybe somebody will step up and you know at least carry us across the river, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. You were quoted saying that musicians are the storytellers of our lives and that if we don't preserve their stories, they will be gone one day. And clearly, this closure uh, is a blow to that effort. Do you see yourself uh, or others picking this up in some other way in the near future? I hope so, you know, because I've always advocated that every musician, every poet, 
every dancer, every, you know, every artist is a storyteller. And they tell stories of love, joy, happiness, sadness, and all that. And we have to document all this because one day people will forget about it and it will be lost. And it will be a very sad day when that happens, you know. Um, because things that people see now, they think that, oh, it's new. But no, this some of them have done it. Like, for example, you got Zainal Alam doing Rose Rose, I Love You in four languages. He did it in English, Malay, Chinese, and Indian, you know. And... Uh, and people here are starting to sing in songs in two languages or three languages and they think it's new, but it's not. You know, people have done it before. Maybe we could just learn. There's so much more. The Penang House of Music is not just about music per se, but it's about uh, a lot of other things, a lot about culture, designs. Uh, when music, music controls our emotions and actually sometimes it... You know, in the, like, okay, example is that from the 50s to the 60s, when the 60s came, hairstyles changed, people's dressing changed, people's dancing changed, even the way people think changed. And music was an underlying factor of all this. So I think music is underrated and under under thought of for, for many things. So it brings people together. Just imagine a, a stadium of about 100,000 people going, dum, dum, tra, you know, we will rock you. How, how else can anybody do that? Music, you know? Everybody will just do it. Paul, any final thoughts for us, especially for those who want to help out? Uh, at the moment, uh, people have reached out and say, you know, how can we help in financial? I tell, I said, no, uh, let, us, let us try to navigate through this storm, but prayers would be helpful. You know, uh, maybe a prayer from everybody, you know, is strong, you know? And uh, maybe spread the word and, you know, help us to keep us alive. There are many things, you know, and uh, we have many mountains to climb and rivers to cross. But eventually, I think we will hopefully get there. Paul, thank you so much for speaking with us today. You're welcome. That was Paul Augustine, musician, uh, as well as the founder of Penang House of Music, which is what we've been talking about. Let us know if you visited, um, let us know what that experience was like and how you're feeling about the news that uh, it may close its doors. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at PFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.